It is time for the second-to-last Highmark Coaches Show of this regular season here on your radio right now on the Penguins Radio Network. And joined, as always, by Penn's head coach, Mike Sullivan. I'm Josh Getzoff. Coach, as always, appreciate you taking the time. Thanks, Josh. It's my pleasure to join you. Great to have you here. And uh, officially, really, I think when you look at it, in the stretch drive now, I know that sounds weird to say when you've only played 46 games, but in this condensed schedule that ends at 56, you only have 10 to go. Uh, so I'm just curious from your perspective, Coach, if you've noticed uh, maybe a little bit different kind of energy in the building, different kind of attitude coming to the rink as players start to realize that, okay, you know, the Stanley Cup playoffs are, are really right around the corner here just a few weeks away. Well, I think I think guys are excited about the opportunity in front of us for sure. I think uh, as we add more fans in our building, I think the energy has been terrific and our guys have uh, have really fed off that. Uh, you know, the start of the game last night was a perfect example. You know, I thought we had a real good start, a real good first period. Uh, we, we dominated in, in so many ways. And and uh, and that's just an indication of, I think, the, the, the enthusiasm and the energy that we get from our fan base here in Pittsburgh, which has always been so great. But uh, for sure, there's I, I think there's a certain buzz around the, the team at this particular time. I think guys are excited. There's a lot of scoreboard watching because obviously, you know, teams are trying to make the playoffs. We're no different. We understand we got a lot of work to do there. And, uh, you know, nobody's uh, nobody's taking anything for granted here. We're trying to we're trying to win that game right in front of us. But it's a, it's an exciting time of year to be in the mix. With that in mind, you mentioned last night and you said explosive start, which is the same thing I had written down here as far as the show prep was concerned. Uh, it was an explosive start, scoring four goals in the first period. You add two more uh, in the second period. And uh, then obviously we all know what happened in the third with the Devils racing back and scoring six goals. You guys go on to win 7-6. Um, but now that you've had a little bit of time to process that, how do you guys, yourself, your coaching staff, maybe look at that and try to work it away from it in a way that can benefit the team? I guess, where, where are the teaching moments within a game like that as you guys move past it? Well, you know, I think when, when you look at it, there was, there was a lot to like in, in the first couple of periods of the game, and uh, there was a lot not to like in the last 20 minutes. And so, um, you know, the, the question that we try to ask ourselves as a coaching staff is, is what can we take from this and where do we go from here? And one of the things, uh, you know, we had a discussion with our players about it. I mean, I, I've never been through an a, a experience like that, Josh, and I didn't know how to react to them right after the game. I usually have a pretty good impression walking off the bench of what I'm going to say to the players. And and as you know, I, I've got a very transparent relationship with them, and, and we just tell it like we see it. And, uh, right. you know, sometimes it's good, sometimes it's not so good. But as a coaching staff, that's our commitment to our guys is we tell it like we see it. But when I walked off the bench last night, that was a difficult one for me because I, I wasn't sure how to react. And that's what I said to our players after the game in the locker room. And, you know, I said, I got to sleep on this one. I got to try to digest it. We'll have a conversation uh, tomorrow. And, and that's what we did, uh, you know, this morning at, at, at practice. And, and, and so, you know, for me, the, the, the takeaway is, is that we have to have a certain level of accountability to one another that, and a certain standard, uh, you know, that, that we've, that we've set for one another, that we're going to play a, a certain way, regardless of what the score is, regardless, regardless of who our opponent is, uh, for the 60-minute duration. And uh, we obviously got away from it. There was, uh, There's not any one thing that you can pinpoint and say, yeah, we did this wrong, and that's why we gave up, you know, whatever it was, five or six goals in, in the third period. 
Uh, it was a number of things, but for me, the, the, the key takeaway was it starts with a mindset. It always starts with a mindset when the mindset's where it needs to be and the discipline to the, to the, to the details of where it needs to be, then, then we're not going to find ourselves in that circumstance. Penguins do get a win at the end of the day last night. They survived the Devils, get two points, keep pace in the Mass Mutual East Division, and the homestand will continue on Thursday. And we'll dive a little deeper into the Penguins' play of late when we come back with Penn's head coach Mike Sullivan on the Highmark Coaches Show here on the Pittsburgh Penguins Radio Network. This is the Highmark Coaches Show here on the Pittsburgh Penguins Radio Network with Penn's head coach Mike Sullivan. I'm Josh Getzoff. And coach, since we've last spoken, the uh, NHL's trade deadline has come and gone, and I think two-parter of the good news for your group was that no one was subtracted at the deadline. You kind of kept the chemistry and the good feeling uh, within the room intact. And you add a guy in Jeff Carter who comes with a couple Stanley Cups to his name, over a thousand games. He's, he's a bona fide uh, high producer at the National Hockey League level throughout his NHL career. And now he has his first goal last night in the win against New Jersey, an assist in the game before that. Uh, he's four games in, five games into his Penguins career. How do you assess uh, how he's kind of fit in and, and found his way in Pittsburgh so far? I think Jeff's done a great job. You know, his first of all, his his presence in the locker room, I think, is uh, is so welcoming. He's he's such a good pro. He's a good person. He's fit in really well there. You know, he's got a little quiet swagger to him that I think helps our team confidence. Uh, you know, he's he's built a, an impressive legacy and. Uh, and and we're hoping that he's gonna he's gonna continue to build on that uh, when he's in a Penguins uniform. But I think he's getting better with each game that he plays. He's you know we play a little bit differently than the, than the way they played in LA, so there's been some adjustments there. Uh, but but he's a smart player. He's got real aptitude for the game, and uh, he's picking things up really really quickly. We think he's had some chemistry with with the guys he's playing with. Uh, you know they've scored some goals for us. They've had some really good momentum shifts for us. Uh, he's helped us in the faceoff circle. We're utilizing them on the penalty kill as well as the second power play. So he's really fit in well for us to this point. You mentioned his line, and that's definitely been a productive trio for you with Jared McCann on the left and Jason Zucker on the right. I wanted to ask you in particular about McCann, though, because this is a guy that I know seeing it firsthand, watching you guys practice and you know past seasons being on the road, one of the last guys off the ice, always working in the faceoff dot, kind of watching Sidney Crosby and what he's doing towards the end of practice. It just stuck out to me that this is someone who pl- clearly puts in the work, but maybe perhaps most frustrating to him, didn't always get the results at the level that he probably wanted them to be at. But right now, uh, he's putting up the points and obviously putting in the work. What have you seen that's kind of allowed him, I guess, to take that next step overall within his game here? Oh, I think it's just his his maturation. You know, he's uh, he's a real good player. He's he's a great kid. He's a he's a real good player. He's got a real appetite for the game. Uh, you can see it in his practice habits and his willingness to, to to work on all the little details of his game. I think he has a great mentor and uh, and Sid and uh, but but give credit to Jared that he recognizes that and he's. And he's learning from from one of the greatest of all time, right, right before his eyes, right. And uh, that's the influence that Sid has on on some of our young players, and uh, and and so, but it, but give Jared a lot of credit because you know he's embracing that process. You know, it, with, with each game that he plays, I'm really happy that that he's he's scoring some goals because my experience in coaching Jared is when. When he does finish, it helps his confidence. And when his confidence is high, he tends to play better. And uh, you could probably say that about most players, right? But 
But in Jared's case, I, I think, uh, you know, he, he, his confidence level has such an influence on his ability to perform out there. And, and right now I think he, he's, his confidence is high as it should be. He's, he's playing a, a, a strong game for us and not just because he's scoring goals, you know, just in the details of his game, you know, he's been a lot stiffer in the puck battles, for example, he's going to the net, uh, you know, he's stopping on pucks. He's defending hard when, when, the, when it's called upon. So all the details associated with this game, I think, uh, have been there. And, and as a result, I think his overall game is translating. And, but the fact that he's scoring goals for us, we always knew he could score goals. He's done that from, from day one, since, since he's been a Pittsburgh penguin, uh, we're, we're going to need him here down the stretch to continue that. Uh, but, but we're excited about where his game's at right now. Yeah, another two points, two assists last night in the victory against New Jersey. And as far as that trio itself is concerned, um, when Jeff Carter came on board, I think a lot of people were wondering where he would fit. Obviously, has played the wing in his career, has played the center position, as has Jared McCann. When you went about forming that line, uh, I, I do realize that, you know, one's a righty, one's a lefty. They both can play the middle, and you like to have that kind of uh, fluidity, I guess, within your lines to have guys that can move in and out of the center position. Uh, but to decide on Jeff being in the middle and Jared being on the wing, what kind of brought you to that decision when you formed that line? Well, our experience has been that we think Jared's more effective on the wing. We think he can utilize his speed more. We don't think, uh, you know, it's it's not quite the burden or responsibility of playing down low in the defensive zone. One of the things we like about Jeff's game is is his size and his strength. So when he plays down low in the defensive zone, he can lean on people. He's got a real good stick. Right. Uh, he thinks the game really well. Uh, so for that reason uh, alone, we think it makes a lot of sense to have Jeff uh, in the middle and Jared on the wing. We recognize that that Jared can play center. And, you know, when you look at uh, the number of games leading up to, uh, you know, b before we acquired Jeff, although Jared has done an admirable job at that at, at playing center for us, we didn't think five on five, his line had enough traction to warrant keeping that uh, you know, keeping the, those guys in those positions. You know, I think Jared was scoring a lot of goals on the power play at the time. You know, five on five in, in some of the statistics that we track and just our coach's instinct as well and watching games uh, in detail is, is, is we felt that maybe making this adjustment, having, having Jeff in the middle, putting Jared on the wing, we're still, we, we, we still have the opportunity to generate some offense uh, but but maybe it, it it it's more of a balanced line with a, a guy that has the size that Jeff has in the middle, take some of the burden and responsibility defensively off Jared, and maybe give him a chance to leverage his speed on the wing and his scoring ability on the wing. And you mentioned that line and the success they've had. I mean, it hasn't been limited to them. Obviously, we've seen the Crosby line with a lot of uh, offensive production. We're going to get to that a little bit later in the show. But one group I wanted to talk about was the Zach Aston Reese, Teddy Bluger, and Evan Rodriguez line that you put together. And in particular, the guy in the middle there. Uh, you got him back from injury. From your perspective as a coach, I know you appreciate so many of the little things that he does. But on the grander scope, how important is Teddy Bluger when healthy to the Penguins lineup as a whole, as far as production and just playing within the style that you guys want to play is concerned. Well, he's, he's essential, you know, his role is essential on this team. He's a valuable, uh, important player for this, for this hockey team. And, and, and in the role that we cast him in first and foremost, you know, it's, it's, uh, he gets put in a lot of D zone starts where he's got to defend if he loses the face off and, 
uh, and he's he's such a good defending center iceman. He has good awareness uh, away from the puck. Uh, he has good recognition skills. He's a real cerebral center iceman. He's a good two-way center iceman. He brings an offensive dimension. He's a half a point a game guy at this point through the season. And and so, you know, when when you look at his numbers, uh, it would be tough to argue that 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 Teddy that Teddy's not a third line center in in the in the sense that he the offense that he's been able to uh, to help us create here throughout the the course of this season. So. Uh, he's, he plays a vitally important role for this team. He's part of the penalty kill. We put him in a lot of D zone starts in difficult circumstances against our opponents, top lines, uh, and more often than not, you know, his line gets the job done for us, regardless of who's on his flanks. Uh, I think Teddy's the common denominator. You know, I think Zach has done a real good job on his, uh, on his wing. Uh, he's another guy that has a, a good sound defensive conscience, brings good size to that line is a decent shot blocker. He's good on the wall. So, so the role that that line plays for this team is critically important. Evan Rodriguez, Zach Aston Reese, Teddy Bluger, all guys on the score sheet last night in the win against New Jersey. And we're back with much more after this on the Highmark Coaches Show here on the Penguins Radio Network. We're back here on the Highmark Coaches Show on the Penguins Radio Network. And, Coach, we talked a lot about your forward group and your wingers and centers in our last segment. And I, I left out one line in particular and one guy in particular in Sidney Crosby because I kind of wanted to zero in on him a little bit more here. Um, when you look at Sidney Crosby's season to this point, you know, leading the Penguins in assists, leading the Penguins in points, um, the two-way game on the whole perhaps maybe gets a little overlooked. And you've now been his coach for five-plus seasons. I know you had a pretty good scope on him coaching against him prior to that uh, with your time with the Rangers in the head-to-head divisional matchups against the Penguins. But uh, seeing him every day, kind of having that perspective of seeing him really close up the last handful of seasons, where would you rank where his two-way game is at right now overall? I, I think he's. I think he has the best two-way game in, in hockey. That that's just my my humble opinion. I you know to to watch this guy every day and uh, and see the details and the subtleties in his game. Uh, I think it's just so impressive. I've always been a believer that Sid's defensive game has gone uh, unnoticed, and 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 I think the main reason is is because he's so explosive and dynamic offensively that when people look at Sid and his and his overall game. Uh, they never think of him on the defensive side of the equation. And uh, but when you look at uh, when you look at how this team operates, certainly in my tenure here, uh, you know, Sid's the go to guy on both sides of the puck in all the key situations. When when we're defending leads and, and our opponents pull the goalie and it's a six on five scenario and there's a real important face off, he's the guy. <laughs> and uh, when we're down a goal and, uh, you know, we're trying to, we're trying to get back in a game and we've got an offensive zone face off and we pull our goalie. He's the guy. So, you know, he's, he's so critical to, to this team in, in every aspect of it. Uh, you know, we're selective and when we use him on the penalty kill, but we choose not to, not because he's not capable, but which we're trying to, we're trying to maximize and, and uh, his, his workload uh, and put him in the situations where we think the team can most benefit. And so, you know, we choose not to use them on the penalty kill, but sometimes I do situationally uh, out of necessity. I do the same with uh, Jake Gensel and Rusty. And and so I, I just think his defensive game gets on, it flies under the radar because he's always been so explosive offensively. And uh, he's done that throughout the course of his career. But in my mind, I don't, I don't think there's a better two-way player in the game than Sid. 
Well, you mentioned the offensive side. Of course, yeah, the point production has been there even this season for the Penguins. As we mentioned, 46 games up, 46 games down so far for the Pens. Crosby's played in 45 of them, and only 10 times this year he hasn't had a point in a game for you guys. So the production, the consistency has been there. And also the the little intangibles. And you talk about the face-offs that you have him on the ice for. Well, the Penguins are off here tonight on Wednesday, but going into action across the league tonight, he's won 562 draws. That's second in the NHL. And when I looked at that stat and I looked at the names around him, I see Patrice Bergeron, Ryan O'Reilly, Andrzej Kopitar, guys that all have something in common that they've won the Selkie Trophy. Uh, And I can't help but think that, you know, Sidney Crosby should at the very least be in the conversation, if not one of the contenders for that trophy this season. I would agree. I mean, I, I've I've tried to advocate for him in in years past, and uh, you know, with with each year that he has, he just his game is is more mature. You know, he has the benefit of uh, of his wisdom and his experiences that he learns through. You know, it it even even look at the players that play with him and how he makes them better on both sides of the puck. You know, he he's improved their overall games. He's he's just he's such an underrated player with uh, on the defensive side and. Uh, his positioning and his uh, and and the subtleties, right? Everything from faceoffs to you know the, the his ability to get his stick in the diagonals and uh, and and we we use him in every key situation, like I said, on both sides, offensively and defensively, and uh, and like I said, if if we're defending a lead, there's no other player I'd want on the ice than Sidney Crosby. If we if we're down a goal and we need it, we we need to put somebody on the ice to to help us get their goal, get that goal. There's no other player that I'd want on the ice than Sidney Crosby, and and that's that's what I believe, and uh, and the reason I believe that is because of what I've witnessed over the last five plus seasons and watching this guy and the subtleties to his game on both sides of the puck. Clearly cemented at the very top of the Penguins lineup and the very top of the National Hockey League uh, for that matter. And two guys, as far as the Penguins are concerned, that also when they do get back, figure to be towards the top of your lineup coach are Evgeny Malkin and Kasperi Kapanen. And I know uh, on Tuesday before the game against the Devils at the morning skate, both guys were out on the ice in a no contact capacity. Uh, No Malkin at practice on Wednesday, but Kapanen out there in what appeared to be a full contact capacity. Just wondering uh, if you had the the latest update on the status of those two as they get closer to returning. Well, they're they're making encouraging progress. You know, you you are correct. Uh, Cappy participated today in full capacity. Uh, That obviously is the last step before return to play. So that's real encouraging from his standpoint. You know, Cappy's worked extremely hard. Uh, to get himself to this point, we're excited about that, uh, about the opportunity, about, about putting him back in the lineup. Gino is making uh, encouraging progress as well. You know, he's skating really well out there. Uh, his conditioning is improving. Uh, and so we're we're looking forward to getting him around the team more and more and get him involved with, uh, you know, more uh, read and react stuff and uh, belligerence and, and all of those things associated with the game-like scenarios. Uh, but but we're excited about the opportunity of putting both of these guys in our lineup. Uh, they certainly were playing extremely well uh, before the, the two of them got hurt. It, w- it was unfortunate because they w- we finally felt like they were establishing some chemistry together uh, as a tandem. And, uh, you know, Zuck was playing with them at the time. We had a few different guys, you know, on their flank there on the left side, but uh, but that tandem in particular was was developing some real real good chemistry, and we were excited about about where their their games were potentially going to go. So 
we're, we're really looking forward to getting them back in the lineup. So we look forward to seeing when those guys do return. As for the next test for the Penguins, it's once again the New Jersey Devils. We'll talk a little bit about that as the homestand rolls on, and we're back after this on the Highmark Coaches Show here on the Penguins Radio Network. We're winding down here on the Highmark Coaches Show on the Penguins Radio Network alongside Penn's head coach Mike Sullivan. I'm Josh Getzoff, and uh, Coach, we're going to take a look at the Thursday matchup against the Devils in just a second, but I wanted to get your thoughts on Patrick Marlowe. Uh, this past week, setting the NHL's all-time games played record at 1,768 games as he played for the San Jose Sharks against the Vegas Golden Knights on Monday. That passes Gordie Howe for, as I mentioned, most games played in NHL history. I know you coached him briefly last season in Pittsburgh at the deadline and then obviously into the Stanley Cup playoffs and there was the pause and all of that. But uh, from your perspective, uh, what was that like to see him kind of reach that milestone and know that throughout you know your career as both a player and now a coach you've crossed paths with the guy so great you know we're we're all thrilled for him uh you know i i had the privilege of coaching him as you said josh last year for a period of time and uh it, it was uh it was an honor to be his coach he's he's just an awesome guy you know when you look at the legacy that he's built uh in his tenure here in the nhl it's so impressive. The, the the only thing he hasn't accomplished to this point is the Stanley Cup, and and we were hopeful when we acquired him last year that we could help him we could help him get there. Uh, he's accomplished everything else to this point. He's such a great player. He's such a great person, uh, you know. And to think about what what he's what it takes to play that amount of games in this league that. You know the, the 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 hardest league in the world in so many ways. You know, not, not only is he is he talented and gifted, um, but it takes a, a certain level of perseverance and resilience and endurance to play uh, that many games and span that many decades. Uh, it takes, I think, a passion for the game. You have to have an insatiable appetite to want to play this game to to achieve that accolade and. You know, to to think about the injuries that he's played through, and uh, and and all of the things that are associated with with uh, with this league that make it so hard, uh, he's endured for for two plus decades, is so impressive. You know, to to even be in the same conversation as a player like Gordy Howe, uh, <laughs> for me is such an honor, and uh, and and I could be I couldn't be happier for a guy like Patty. Um, to achieve that accolade, it, it's for me. It's just it's just one more, uh, it's one more accolade that that's that's part of his legacy that that will live on, and I, and we're all thrilled for him and his family. Yeah, we'll echo that. Congratulations to Patty Marlowe. 1,768 games now, the all-time leader in games played in NHL history. And coaches, we wind things down and bring it back here to Pittsburgh where you guys will host the Devils uh, once again on Thursday night, the second of three straight against New Jersey to wrap up the regular season series. I guess there's a lot that goes into preparing for a game, but what do you mainly look for at the start tomorrow night from your team to see, I guess, that the page has officially been turned from Tuesday to Thursday? The mindset, the mindset for me is the key in making sure that we put a game on the ice that gives us a chance to win, regardless of who our opponent is. And uh, I know our guys are excited to play. We've got an opportunity to establish ourselves in the standings. You know, the the priority one is the ticket to the dance, right? That gives you the opportunity to compete for the Stanley Cup, and that's what we're trying to accomplish. And 
and and we got to get excited about it. We've got to embrace this race. We got to embrace this challenge. We know we're in a we're we're in a uh, we're in a battle here, and every team is good. And we've got a lot of respect for Jersey and their young talent. We've got to make sure that we bring the right mindset to put the necessary game on the ice that gives us the best chance to win. Coming down the home stretch here, 10 games remaining as the Pens and Devils face off. 6 p.m. on the pregame show, 7 o'clock puck drop. That's Thursday night here on the Penguins Radio Network. Coach, good luck in that one, and we'll talk again for the finale in a couple of weeks. Thanks. Thanks, Josh. My pleasure. All right, that's Penn's head coach, Mike Sullivan. And we want to thank our executive producer, Wayne Gretzky-Anderson, and all of you out there tonight for tuning in. I'm Josh Getzoff, and this has been the Highmark Coaches Show on the Penguins Radio Network. Good night, everybody.